What is it you want? Real estate. It's the Red Hot Real Estate Show, where we can all find out how's it going for buyers and sellers in the real estate market. I have died and gone to real estate heaven. Looking to move? Hoping to sell? Call in with your questions to real estate expert Mimi Shoneman with Remax Results. I'm going to go out and buy a house. Here she is, your host, Mimi Shoneman. Yes, she is here, your host from the Red Hot Real Estate Group and Remax Results, Miss Mimi Shoneman. Hello, Mimi. Good morning, ma'am. Happy, morning. happy to have you here. Also, happy to be joined by our friend, the numbers wizard, Mr. Phil Olson from Cross Country Mortgage. Hello, Phil. Good morning. I would love for you to give your NMLS number before we move on, please. NMLS 238-103, Company NMLS 3029, Cross Country Mortgage. And it is always a great day to call in and be part of the Red Hot Real Estate Show. If you've had some questions just floating around in your brain, why not call in and get expert (laughs) advice, courtesy of Mimi and Phil? And that number is 651-641-1071. Okay, so I'm going to show you guys. This is radio, so I apologize to all of our listeners, but you can just listen. wait and listen for Phil and Ms. Shannon's gas. Okay. And Miss Sonny, if I could, uh, see, if she could see it. All right, I'm going to show you guys a graph. Yes. And then we're going to talk about it. Okay, I'm ready. Okay, I awesome. want your honest reaction when you see it. Say what you're feeling, okay? okay. All right, here's a graph. Whoa, that is a lot of ups and downs. A lot of a lot ups and downs. A lot of ups and so, downs, okay. but I see a big down at the yeah, very end. Yeah, giant that? down. Oh, okay. So how long from that up to that dip? That, I mean, that was like a drop off a cliff. Okay. So what we're talking about is new listings and right. the graph that they're looking at um, from the down part. The high part here starts on June 19th, June 19th. And then we see on June 26th, a little smidge. And then on 7-3, it's almost like you did a cliff drive. It's definitely yep. like, you remember that old movie, Thelma and Louise, when they came off the cliff? Yes. That's exactly that like they just like went like off the cliff. looks to me like a bunch of lemmings being <laughs> followed off the cliff. Okay, so, yes. So we have a dramatic decrease in new listings. Who's wow. surprised? Phil, wow. are you surprised, Miss Shannon? Okay. <sighs> okay, so here, let me give you the the stats, complimentary of the Minneapolis Area Association of Realtors. And so our new listings decreased only 2%, and that was a dramatic drop, was it not? Mm-hmm. Right before the 4th of July. Mm-hmm. And so people are always talking about holidays with me. And it's like, okay, so, you know, people are coming into town. What do you think? You think it's a good time, a bad time? Are we going to try to time people coming in for the 4th of July? Are they going to be looking at houses? Right. Because, you know, I don't want to miss anything. Phil? Well, predominantly July is one of your slowest months in real estate and mortgage Mm -hmm. that I've seen based on the fact that we have so many people that take extended 4th of July weekend vacations. Mm -hmm. And guess what? We've got great weather. And guess what? We've resumed somewhat normalcy. normalcy. Mm -hmm. Okay. So people are not wanting to dive into the real estate business. They'd rather be laying on the beach. Yeah, I think that we, you know, we know, especially in this market, you know, if you've lived here for any amount of time, that summers are short and precious. And And so people are probably just going, I don't want to work. And And you know, selling your house is working. Everybody has had a a shift in evaluating their life. Right. Mm -hmm. And so as humans, as we all are. Right. You know, what is really important to us? 
And we've had a long time to sit around and think about that and go crazy and come back from crazy and go back to crazy. Exactly. And so that inventory decrease graph that we just saw represents a decrease of inventory of 33.5%. Okay. Okay. So, okay, there's the exhale. All right. Um, Our median sales price. Anybody want to guess what that's up to now? 327. Miss Shannon? I was going to say 330. 344. Wow. wow. I got a graph for that too, but I got a <laughs> dig for it. 344. Okay, so we were low threes when we hit the beginning of the year. I'm going to say 315. Okay. I think we were 289. 289? 289 in, in November of last year. Okay, I so, got to go back and find it. Does this mean, when I'm looking at that graph, if I was holding off putting listing my house for some going, is this the right time? You're saying that there's a lot less houses out there, so I'm probably most likely to get maximum on mine. Am I am I so interpreting what, that right? What here, do you think? Here's what's happening in behind the scenes and almost before the data gets reported. Okay, we have seen things not being so intense, mm-hmm. if you okay. will. Okay. Okay, so People competing in madness over asking price, doing, bringing their dogs, mm-hmm. offering up their chickens and their goats, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. I've seen a little bit off of that. Phil, you see a lot of purchase agreements coming across your desk. What are you seeing? I'm, I'm seeing the same thing. Uh, the one thing I would tell folks out there, though, is this is probably the best time to downsize. Okay. And, and why do I say that? If if you're going from a 350 to a 350, yes, yes, you're going to make a lot of money on on the sale of your home, but you're going to lose it okay. on the purchase of the home. Okay. But if you're selling a five hundred thousand dollar home, and I'm speaking to that client that's maybe retired, and they're thinking about getting down into the two hundreds to three hundreds, or the empty nesters where or they're the fairly empty sure nesters, the kids aren't right going now, to have to land again. Right now, there's an opportunity for those seniors for those pre-retirees to it is sell their home make a glob of money on it and then they move that into an ira gotcha or into some stocks and bonds and use that as a as a, another means of, of retirement income. Mm-hmm. of income going into their retirement years gotcha. okay so i found it okay i knew i had it mm-hmm. um may of last year 295 wow one yeah. year mm-hmm. yeah. may and then the year before that, May, 285 So you can see we jumped mm-hmm. $55,000. So we have a lot of equity. Right. People are sitting on a ton of money in their house. Mm-hmm. And Phil, you and I had a really great conversation about people who have equity in their houses and mm-hmm. what they can do with that power right now. Um, you don't necessarily have to sell your house to right. take advantage of your house. No, right. I mean, there's a lot of flexibility and there's so many different mortgage products that I have that I have the ability to use for clients to be able to help them strategize a way to purchase a home. And, you know, Mimi brought up a question to me here during the course of the week. And that question was, so I have a client that's thinking about buying a second home. Okay. All right. And they're going to pay cash. But they want to pull their cash out of the property, but they don't have a job. Well, let's 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 refine that question. Okay, so this particular person has their own single family home and they also have they've been saving really well and they've got enough cash to buy a second home in another state. Okay. okay they could buy one here, but they want to buy it in another state. Mm-hmm. 
So the first home, their primary residence, is almost paid for, but it's not. Okay? But they still have a lot of equity in it. Okay. So one person in the household lost their job due to COVID, still has not recovered and got another job. So the question that I propose to Phil is, can you take the cash and make the second home investment and then refinance that? What are the terms for the for that household because the one person is not currently working. Okay. Can you do a cash out refi and what are the rules? That was the question. Sure. All right. So first off, it's not a government loan. Okay. Anytime we're dealing with a second home or an investment property, we're dealing with a what's called a conventional loan product. Okay. <clears throat> Second, um, your maximum cash out is 75% of the purchase price. Okay. Because the property just got sold at a specific price, we're not going to go off of appraised value, even though an appraisal would be required. So let me give you an example. $400,000 purchase price. Mm -hmm. Appraisal comes in at four hundred five. dollars We still go off of $400,000. Okay. And that's as long as that we're within a six-month rule. What if they've had the house for quite some time, like five, six, seven, eight, nine years? Now, totally different scenario. Okay. Now we go based off of appraised value. Okay. Because that's what I wonder, because we've had this appraisal, I mean, this this increase. So are we still handicapping those people that did a good job and bought their house a long time Mm. ago? Okay. Mm, No. Mm -hmm. So in a situation like that, all right, we've got a, a client that's due to COVID is no longer employed. Right. And you're going to go, well, how can he afford the mortgage? Mm -hmm. Okay, well, believe it or not, there are some specialty products out there. And one of those is basically a a loan where we're going to annuitize their assets. Gotcha. Okay. And by annuitizing their assets, let's just say this client has a million dollars in an IRA. Yes. 401k. Yes. We now take 65% of that asset and we divide it by 360 months. Okay. Now, that might give you an income. Let's just say, for instance, I had one of these loans. The client Mm -hmm. had $4 million. Right. By the time, and they didn't work. Mm -hmm. By the time we annuitize the asset, even though they weren't drawing off of that asset, they ended up having an $18,000 a month income. Gotcha. Okay. And it's just on paper. Mm -hmm. This person isn't being forced to go back to work. Right. Okay. We're just using a number based on uh, their asset. And then we're asking ourselves the question, will there be enough money over the next three years? All right. Now, if the 18,000 supersedes a three-year figure. Okay. So let's just say 18,000 times 36 is, let's say it's $540,000. Well, if they only have 300000 then it doesn't meet that three-year rule. Okay. okay. But there's a scenario where a client is not working, and they still qualify. Gotcha. And there's a lot of other income streams, okay, out there that people draw off of that they're not working, such as stock dividends. Okay. So it's called dividend income. Mm-hmm. You can use dividend, dividend income, but that goes then based off of a two-year average right. of the tax returns. Okay. Well, so Phil, 
We have a lot of scenarios rolling with just this one question. Okay, so mm-hmm. we've got one house, and we're talking about pulling out a cash-out refi mm-hmm. versus using savings mm-hmm. to get this second home, which, of course, if you deem it a second home, it only has to be, what, within an hour of your primary residence to count as a second home. Is that right? 60-mile uh, radius? You can You can go with that, but I could give you a scenario here where you live... And let's just say you live on the east side over in in Stillwater. Okay. Okay. But you decide to buy a property on the lakes in Minneapolis, right on the lake. Well, guess what? That's 45 minutes, Mm -hmm. 35 minutes. Mm -hmm. That could be considered a second home. Seriously. Yeah, that can be considered a second home. So it depends on the style of the property. Well, it depends on the style of the property. So predominantly, if if you live in a residential area and you're buying another home and it's on a lake, Okay, it could be designated as a second home. Okay. Okay. If you buy a property that's fully wooded and it's got 40 acres and it's prime deer hunting area, we could count that as a second home. Okay. And, you know, and part of our show here for the next two weeks, okay, is going to be really talking about second homes and investment properties and what to look for in those specific properties and how do we finance them. Right. Okay. So when we come back from the break, we're going to continue talking about this scenario, but we're going to we're going to make it a different way mm-hmm. so it's a different different scenario. Welcome back to the Red Hot Real Estate Show here on My Talk 1071 and streaming on mytalk1071.com. I'm Ms. Shannon here with Mimi Shoneman from the Red Hot Real Estate Group, also Mr. Phil Olson from Cross Country Mortgage reminding you now we would love for you to be part of the show so call us 651-641-1071. Okay. So we're just going to recap kind of what we kind of went off a little bit on a somewhat of a tangent um, because it's a kind of an exciting topic. Would you guys not agree? It's an awesome topic. Okay. So it's very exciting when you can see people understand and the light bulb goes off about the power of real estate. Right. And historically, real estate has always gone up in value except for very few times. Okay, so we're talking about the people that have managed because of the appreciation of the market. The, we've just talked about how it's gone up 55,000 in one year. Granted, that's historically un, not normal, but it still is real. It's right. real. Mm-hmm. I mean, we can all go out and see houses that, you know, uh, that you're like, gosh, we right. can't believe that so much. I think there's another piece here real quickly, though. If you take a look at people's stock portfolios and 401ks just over the last three years, they've gone up another 30 to 35 percent as well. Mm-hmm. So when you take that along with what's happened in the housing market, I mean, it's it's a perfect storm for those that have been able to accumulate wealth. Right. And so, you know, I was at a wedding last night and um, it was, you know, people understand if you're doing real estate that they always want to talk about it with you. You know, while they're talking about a neighbor that's house went, how many showings they had versus the other neighbor and how many showings they had. We all know that the real estate market here in the Twin Cities and the whole United States and probably the whole world is just it's just exploded. Right. And so how can you take advantage of your primary residence and perhaps also some or maybe a considerate amount of your savings? Or let's talk about. Your IRA, maybe you have a traditional IRA, but, you know, Phil, I don't know if you can talk about this off the cuff, but 
converting a regular IRA to a self-directed so that you can use that money to buy real estate. Um, there's lots of things, you know, it's like if you put your thinking cap on and you say, well, I've always wanted to live near the beach in, you know, XYZ state and I'm not getting no younger. And, <laughs> right. you know, it's it's time to figure this thing out if I'm going to do it. So we want to talk with our listeners and we want to welcome you to call with your examples and your stories and your questions. Let's talk through these scenarios. Right. Phil? Well, I'll just get you as an example of myself. Okay. I just switched to a different investment firm. Okay. Okay. And part of the reason is because they're able to encapsulate all my investments into one to where I don't have to look at multiple different investment firms at my assets. Right. And one of the products that they've brought to my attention is basically a whole life insurance policy Mm -hmm. that is connected to my IRAs. Okay. And believe it or not, I've gotten received a line of credit from them at 2.875%. Okay. So literally... I can borrow against my IRA, mm-hmm. even though pay no penalty. Right. But I could use that money to either continue to rebuild my second home in northern Minnesota, mm-hmm. or I could buy an investment property. And because it's a whole life insurance that I'm using, I'm a cash buyer. Gotcha. Okay. Cash so, buyers. Ugh, cash buyers. Can buyer. we just take a step back for anyone that's listening and just uh just go through the definition of First home, second home, investment property. Meaning? Phil, I'll let you handle that. Okay. All right. Primary residence. Yes. Primary residence is a place where you're going to live at least 50.1% of the year or greater. Okay. For most people, if all they have is a primary residence, they live there 100% of the time. Yes. And they homestead the property for tax purposes. Right. Now, a second home. A second home normally is going to be at least 60 miles away from your primary residence, but not necessarily. Right. In an example, we had a couple of, of those examples. We had an example okay. where we live in Stillwater and we buy a house on Lake of the Isles. Mm-hmm. That's less than an hour away, but because it's on a lake, it'd be considered a second home. So what is a second home? A second home, one, financing-wise, has different terms than a primary. Okay. Number two, the second home, you're going to live in that property for 49.99% of time of the year or less. Okay. But you're going to live there. Yes. If I buy that second home and I've turned it into a rental property immediately, that's a big no-no. Okay. That's called an investment property. Okay. What is an investment property? An investment property is a property I buy with the intention of making money on it over the full course of a year. And I'm going to then report that to the IRS as an investment property. And there's multiple different types of investment properties. Okay, so that brings up a question. So client wants to go to Florida. Mm -hmm. Um, They want to get a property that's within a mile of the beach. And... The one question that popped into my mind, first of all, is the how do you prove 49.99%? Because I've been reading, and I'm sure everybody else has too, that now there's going to be more monitoring, more auditing, because IRS has been funded more. And so there's going to be more auditors out there looking at your records. How do you prove 
that 49.99% in your opinion, Phil, just as a, a human. Okay, so if you've got a primary residence and you buy a second home and you live in it more than 49.9, uh, you're over 50% of the year, okay, it's pretty simple. You could then designate your primary home as your second home and then take up, it is the homestead rule, on the second home, making it your primary, Mm -hmm. okay? The IRS isn't going to come down on you as far as a second home. They're going to come down more on you if you were to buy that second home and convert it to an investment Investment property property immediately. Okay, Mm -hmm. so let's just talk about that. So in your mind, you're thinking, I've only got to live in it half the year. So the other half of the year, I can rent it out in an Airbnb or share it with my friends, that sort of thing. Sure. And that's not a problem. You're not violating any rules because you're collecting income from that second home. Correct. And the benefit of making it a second home is because you can get less cash down to buy it. Correct? Correct. On a second home, your minimum financing is 10% down. Okay. You're not going to do it for more than that. Okay. Whereas on a primary residence, you could get it for zero down. Okay. If you're going to use a government program or you could go with 3% or three and a half percent down, which would be some of your minimums for a primary residence. But that's where I've seen some of the, the, the gray area when I'm reading the articles is that you're using it as an Airbnb is fine. But if you're permanent, if you're only Airbnb in it and not living it there, then it's an investment property and it's gray area. And that's where they're come, starting to come down on. Correct. People. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So let's just talk about. You know, let's just say it's me. Mm -hmm. I've decided to move to Florida and I'm going to do exactly that. I'm going to live in it half the year and I'm going to Airbnb it half the year. I love that scenario, but I'm going to have to stop you, Mimi. We're going to get it when we come back. So we're going to come back to your Mimi's Golden Girls House dream. As soon as we return, you can be part of the show at 651-641-1071. We'll be right back on the Red Hot Real Estate Show. Welcome back to the Red Hot Real Estate Show here on My Talk 1071. Streaming on MyTalk1071.com. I'm Ms. Shannon here with Mimi Shoneman from the Red Hot Real Estate Group and Remax Results and our friend Phil Olson from Cross Country Mortgage. Okay. So, Phil, we have some really great statistics. Um, 6% of all sales are second homes. Yep. And I would say that's probably even higher this year. Well, I, I think the, statistic, the statistics that we have here have not taken into the, what what's happened here in the last six months to a year. Exactly. And I would say we've we've got statistic number two is 36% of all consumers pay cash. For second homes. For second homes. Okay. But I'm going to tell you, I have never seen so much cash. Okay. Coming into mm-hmm. the market. It's coming in. People are realizing that if, if they want to be as, as competitive as possible, sellers really respond strongly to cash. Why yeah. is that? Well, because they can get it back out. Yes. They can get it back out. So so for that cash buyer out there that's thinking about buying a home, they should be contacting Mimi uh, or myself and go, hey, we're having trouble buying a house. How do we do this? I would show. I can show you a way financially where you can buy this house as a cash buyer, and then I can come behind after you've closed on the property, I can come back behind and get you 80% back 
of your cash. See, that's so, the point. I'm uh, that that is exactly what I wanted to talk about. Okay, is okay. Everybody's fearful of spending all their cash because right. that's their emergency fund. Exactly for the most part, mm-hmm. right? And so it's like, okay, I'm okay with utilizing my emergency fund if I can get it back in a reasonable amount of time. So. What is a reasonable amount of time if in that scenario? Well, guess what? If you borrow against an IRA, and I'm not a financial planner, and I'm not giving legal mumbo-jumbo right here, okay? It's my understanding as the following. If you can replace the money within, I believe it's either 60 or 90 days, back into the fund, there's no penalty. And this is what you need to check with your financial advisor right. about, right? Correct. You don't want to do that and go, oh, they said this on my but, talk. But what it is, is it's a conversation with you, Mimi, and myself, and we can then provide the resources so you can do your due diligence right. to check it out. But, but go, look what at, are my options? Right. But look mm-hmm. at the scenario here. I own a home. I have a mortgage. But I've got a lot of cash. But I, it, it's in an area where I really can't touch it. No, you can touch it. We then take that cash, help you buy your home first. Mimi then gets your house ready for sale. And as soon as we close on this second property, boom. Pay yourself back. We we know we put we put that other property on oh, the market. Gotcha. Oh, you know, yep. That's mm-hmm. one way of doing it. Mm-hmm. Then again, for that person that wants to buy that second home, maybe we find a way that you can buy that property for cash, get the offer accepted because a cash offer is the cat's meow. Okay. Am I right or wrong? You are right. Okay. Okay, so let's talk about person that has equity in their home. Not completely paid off, but pretty dang close. Okay? Mm -hmm. Let's talk about them. And they want to do this. They Mm want to go, they want to pull equity out of the house. Talk about cash out refis. That's the best route to go. Because let's say we have a $30,000 mortgage. And the property's worth four hundred thousand. Okay, we can take eighty percent of that four hundred thousand. Okay, mm-hmm. so that would be three twenty minus thirty is two ninety. Okay, and you just found this cute little second home, three season cabin up in northern Minnesota. Okay, listed for two sixty. And guess what? Because you're a cash offer, maybe you get it for two sixty. Okay, I would then do a cash out refinance. And what's the benefit? The benefit is under current tax rule. Your primary residence, all the interest you pay on the mortgage is a tax write-off. Okay. If you're not using the $12,000 or $24,000 tax exemption. Now, if you're going long form and you're able to go over that $12,000 or that $24,000, then every dollar that you're paying in tax, in tax, excuse me, in interest on that primary mortgage is a tax write-off. Okay. Now, guess what? A second home and an investment property, you can't write off the interest. Gotcha. Okay. A home equity loan. If I do a home equity loan, say same scenario, you owe 30000 I pull $200,000 out with a home equity loan for you to buy another property. Uh-uh. Under the, new, under the tax laws that were enacted about a year and a half, two years ago, you cannot write off the interest on that home equity loan. And then I would caution those out there that are getting very large home equity loans. Look what's happening in the economy. We haven't even talked about inflation. We haven't talked about the Federal Reserve cautioning us that they're going to raise the prime rate because they're going to have to. Mm -hmm. And guess what? All adjustable, all home equity loans are adjustable rate mortgage mortgages. You don't want a $200,000 loan going from 3% 
to 7% right. in the next two to three years. Big mistake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so let's just change subjects here. So let's just say that Miss Shannon has mm-hmm. decided she's going to take her savings. Yes. She's been good over the last, and she's had a ton of oh, gigs. She's always good. And she's funny. <laughs> Thank you. Everybody's coming to her shows. Okay, so she's got all this money. She's going to Texas. Okay. Um, because that's where she's always wanted. She's wanted to live close to close to the coast in okay. Texas. Okay. All right. So she does this. We find her a great agent in Texas, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. she buys her her My dr- second dream home. second home with cash. Okay. Yeah. But she says, I don't want to keep my cash in my new second home. Mm-hmm. How do I get it back, Phil? Oh, it's it's called a cash out refinance. Okay. okay. But on the second home, how long does she have to live there and own it before she can qualify to do that? On a second home, she puts the money into the second home. I would tell you there's there going to be a three or six month rule. Oh, so that's still better than the, I thought. I yeah, thought you could tell me a couple yeah, of years, like no, everything else in my life six as rule. an independent contractor. It, it really <laughs> depends on what the seasoning is. Okay. And because we're talking about Texas, I would have to look at the Texas laws okay. regarding it is pulling the cash out. But you're not looking long term. You okay. would be able to do that in the short term. Okay. And so, so she, then I'm I'm liquid again with that because it's not all in the house. You could move it back into an IRA if you okay. wanted to. You could move it back into your primary residence because if we're going to borrow against the primary residence to buy the second home, mm-hmm. I would assume you're going to want to take that money out. Now, yes. when you take that money out and now you've got $150,000 Guess what? Now we can go back to the primary residence, and we've talked about this, do a recast and a reamortization okay. mm-hmm. and redrop that payment back down again. Right. Okay. So we've talked about a whole lot. Mm-hmm. You're doing a cash out refi because you've got your Texas house now. Yes. She can get 80% of that back within six 70, months. 75%. 75%. Okay. The second home. Okay. And then now you've just. You've tossed in an old term that we used, the recast. Mm-hmm. And re-am. De- define that for our listeners. Basically, let's say I take a loan out for 200000 and my mortgage payment is 1500 All right? Now, I pay down my mortgage by more than $10,000. And right now, I've got a half a dozen clients that have done a recast and a re-am here just in the last 90 days. Right. All right. So, your ma- payment's 1500 but I'm going to put $150,000 back down. And okay. under CCM rules, as long as you're going to put down more than $10,000, you automatically qualify to do a re-am. Okay. And it costs $300, and it takes about 60 to 90 days to work its way through the process. Okay. Think about this. 150 times 5 is $750. Yes. Think of it as $5, $5 for every $1,000 you pay down on your mortgage. Okay. I said your mortgage payment was $1,500. We put $150,000 down. That's $750. Your new mortgage payment is $750 a month. Okay. You look like an auctioneer. (laughs) (laughs) You should see. That's why he's our numbers wizard. You should see the hands are flying up here. It's like a, and you, Michelle. And we do actually have a a licensed auctioneer in the studio. Yes, yes. And that's why I agree with you. I agree with you As, as as the professional auctioneer in the room i agree with you that our numbers wizard was doing well throwing those numbers around okay mm-hmm. so miss shannon yes you are a mogul <laughs> yes okay. okay so now i have my house here i have my second ha- second ha- home in texas, texas. Yes. Okay. and okay. now and now you've decided after you've held that property for two years now you want to dwell in the investment property world 
Okay, yes. Okay. So now I'm getting a, a third a property. A third, third property. Gotcha. Well, wait a minute. Okay, so let's just say that, does it have to be two years? She's just pulled out 70, she's pulled out what, 75. To buy, another, to buy an investment property? Her second, her third house. Oh, she can do it immediately. Okay, if I have what the was the two years you're talking about? Well, on the two years, as far as I say two years later, she's oh. accumulated money. Right. Here's and what now, I'm thinking. Because he's right. I did need to. Yeah. <laughs> I probably would need two years. Here's, here's what I'm thinking, though. She's taken, she's got this second home. How yep. long does she have to wait before she can Airbnb it? A year? She can Airbnb it as long as she's not. Here's the thing on Airbnbs. All right. The IRS is not going to come down on you with Airbnbs unless you don't report that income to the IRS. Mm -hmm. That's where the IRS is having that problem. But she's using. okay. let's just say she used conventional financing. Mm -hmm. And so she has to follow the guidelines of that. So I just have to live in it part of the year. You have to live in it for how long? Well, I would I would say under a second home, you know, it's not the same rule as a primary residence. Primary residence, you have to live there for a period of two years before you can turn it into an investment property. With a second home, you could Airbnb it. But as long as you're not Airbnb in it more than 50% of the time, because now you've now converted that into an, an investment, investment property. property. Gotcha. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. And where the, where the IRS is coming down is because people are taking this money and they're putting it in their pocket and they're not reporting it on through their tax returns. That's where they're getting into the problem. So here's what Ms. Shannon's going to do, because she and I have talked about this. Right. She's got property number two. Yes. The first property was a multifamily property. Yep. Property number Two is single family. Mm-hmm. She wants to next buy another multifamily property after. That's sure. going to be her property number three. And she wants that property. Where do you want that to be? Um, let's put that one in Florida. Okay. She wants to go to Florida. All mm-hmm. right. So we're going to put it near Tampa, Clearwater Beach. Okay. All right. And we're going to buy it just off where it's going to be a condo or yes. so it's going to be a duplex. Duplex. Okay. Guess what? Now we take that 150. Remember, we were going to do that recast. Yes. We're not doing the recast anymore. Okay. We're going to do a smaller recast. Okay. You're now going to this, buy this $300,000 property. Yes. It is an investment. Yes. It's a duplex. Yes. And now we're putting 30% down. Okay. At All least right. 25. It okay. might be 30. But guess what? What is 25 of 300? 75,000. I just gave you back 150. Right. Okay. We now have the down payment. For her investment property and, in Florida. Okay, so not only that, but she's got rental income now because she's decided she wants to live in property number three full time. That's gonna be that's gonna be her homestead. And now she's got rental income in property in her first home on mm-hmm. two sides. I've got multiple clients that have four or five homes and they're bouncing all across the United States right. all the time. And they're making money on all these properties. Mm-hmm. All right. We'll see. I'm you know, speaking truth to power. So one of these days, <laughs> I'm going to work all of these things out. So we have a final segment coming back. So when we get back, what are we going to cover next? Well, I think we're going to keep talking about investing. Welcome back to the Red Hot Real Estate Show here on MyTalk 1071 and streaming on MyTalk1071.com. I am really enjoying the show because it really is empowering people and go, hey, here's how you can benefit from the real estate market. Here's how you can benefit and build your wealth and build your generational wealth by making some good decisions. Or right how about now. just just get that place where you have your quiet 
and you can see the loon, listen mm-hmm. to the loon, and be <laughs> yeah. off in your little nirvana spot. Right. And I, I'm just going to say, for those of us who didn't come from places of wealth yes. growing up, mm-hmm. and I'm one of them. Me too. Um, so generational wealth was never even in the radar at mm-hmm. all, ever. Right. And when I can see that for you, Miss Shannon, mm-hmm. or for me, or for any of our listeners, it's amazing. Right. I agree. Yeah. Like, just thinking about being able to go, this can be the steps that I take where I set my family up for a better scenario after I'm gone. I, and I love that's, you know, that's um, it's, it's It's very empowering, and I agree with you, Mimi. I'm like, it really is just like... Being able to say, well, I am taking a next step, you know, in creating a future and a legacy. And it, it and the go, there are, when we talk to like Mimi and Phil, there are so many creative ways that we can get this done. When sometimes if you go to, you know, as much as we love them, a legacy financial institution, they have their way of what they're doing it, but they're not going to sit here and go, here's how we move all these things around to set you most up for success. Or or the person you're talking to doesn't have the knowledge Mm -hmm. or the pool to draw off of to help you. And what what I really love, since we're talking about what we love, Mm -hmm. is I love seeing those dreamers come to me. Mm-hmm. And here's their dream. And knowing you can do it too when you see these things on TV and you always go, well, oh, here's these people only, that are flipping only houses. Only for them. Only for them. Yeah. And to yeah. go, no, I can do that too. You just need the right team of people to sit there and go, oh, no, I understand where you're at. I can see this for you and give you the advice that you need to build it and go, yeah, it might take you because of your scenario two years to get all these, these right pieces in the right place, and, but you can do it. I got a great story. Mm-hmm. Real quick. 19 mm-hmm. year old. Mm hmm. Bought a duplex right. from me mm-hmm. five years ago. He now owns five properties. Wow. And he was mm-hmm. 19. Mm-hmm. You know, there was an interesting post on a mastermind group that I follow um, about should you try and find a property to fix and flip mm-hmm. or should you buy an investment property to hold? Mm-hmm. And what they said was the fix and flip is quick money. Mm-hmm. But the buy and hold is wealth building. Right. And there's well, a significant difference. And there's a lot more education required or will be received for that buy and hold because that buy and hold now becomes a long term landlord. Right. And you're dealing with issues. You mm-hmm. could be dealing with uh, an eviction. You could mm-hmm. be dealing with, oh my gosh, I've got issues that have to be fixed in the home. How right. do I do that? Well, let's so, talk about it. Yeah. You know, you, you were a new landlord. Right. And oh my goodness, I'm just going to brag on you for a minute. <laughs> um, she fixes everything. <laughs> she didn't even need to be fixed. Right. She buying garage doors and all but kind I of also, things. I asked a lot of questions <laughs> and I started building a team. And I think that that's a lot of it is like, I know who I talk to if I go, what do I want to do next? But I, you know, I had a, a quality financial advisor. I have a quality realtor. I have a quality mortgage professional. But then I started going, okay, I need an electrician. I need, mm-hmm. you know, who knows about, you know, fi- you know, I need a quality handyman. I need, and so going, you know, that that's okay to go, I'm going to ask the right people and to build that and go, how do I, you know, because I, I mean, I, I I make this joke all the time here on my talk and I talk about how I'm my talkers. I'm like, you need to see how the Kim Kardashians of the world, they don't do all this stuff themselves. They find the right support systems to give them advice. Well, and that's fair. It's called it's a network. Them. Right. And go, and, who do and I need? For, for getting into what we're talking about, you can build a network slowly. Right. But guess what? You've got 
a phenomenal real estate agent in Meany that understands this industry right. inside and out. And you got myself. And guess what? We've got a big network already around ourselves that we're willing to share with our my talkers. Exactly. All right. Which means lesser costs, easeability, less frustration. I don't want them to feel like they're out on an island by exactly, themselves. Exactly. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I want, I think everybody can tell we're passionate about oh, this. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, bringing yeah. the monopoly to the real world and making it work. But Phil, you and I during the break and Ms. Shannon, we're talking about the no's of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody goes to an institution and they're in a, in a box. You yeah. don't know you're in the box. Right. You got yourself to the box talking to the box person and they've only got the rules that they have in their box. Right. And that's not anything wrong. It no. just happens to be what it is. Or exactly. they don't care. Mm-hmm. Well, it, I think it's probably more likely that they just have a certain set of rules. That's what I'm going to tell myself. Right. Anyway, so <laughs> yeah. you go. I'm, to, I'm glad you feel that way. Yeah, yeah. So you go to your box. Let's just say, you know, all of our listeners, they've decided they're going to go wherever they happen to put their money in, right. that, in that institution. And they're going to say, this is what I want to do. I want to buy a second home, just like Miss Shannon, in Texas mm-hmm. and in Florida. Right. And I want to do it in the next five years. What you got for me? And they're going to tell them what they got for them. And right. they open their toolbox and they have one. It is screwdriver. Correct. Yes. I got 15. Right. <laughs> so okay. I guess my point is, is call Phil. Mm-hmm. Call PhilOlson.com. That's how you get him. And talk to him about this show mm-hmm. and say, you know, I think I've been told no four or five times, and I heard you say I could maybe have a yes. Mm-hmm. You know, I really want that for myself. I want right. to build generational wealth. Right. I really want that for mm-hmm. my family. Right. Here's the difference. You're, you're going to come to me, and I may not give you a yes. Mm-hmm. But here's what I will give you. This is what you need to do. Right. You need to do this, 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 and this. And guess what? If the client says, can you help me with a plan? Right. I will help them with a plan. With the understanding, that plan might be a one-year, two-year, three-year. And as long as you're going to commit to me that you're going to attempt to execute the plan. Right. I'm all there. And we've talked about before that if you change something or if something comes up, it's okay to call back and go, here's this thing that I have going on. Should I take it? Should I not do this? How does this uh, change the plan or the course that we were talking about? Exactly. Well, you know, uh, one of the other statistics that we had that we didn't cover is 26% of consumers use the equity in their home to buy using a cash out product. I find that interesting. Mm -hmm. 26, I'd say that's higher now. But, you know, if you happen to be one of the fortunate ones that have equity in your home and you don't really love your home, why are you staying there? When there's plenty of people that want that house Mm -hmm. and you can move to a better home that better suits your needs, a move up or a move down. Well, how about you got that second home and you're not in love with it? Right. Well, guess what? Maybe we now turn that into an an Airbnb that's able to be Airbnb from April all the way till October. And guess what? It'll more than cover your mortgage payment. Right. And we now help you buy that second home that you truly wanted. Right. 100%. Mm-hmm. And so if you've got questions, be sure to reach out to us. Text mortgage or real estate to 651 578 2218. Or reach me at 651 238 6748. Phil at callphilolson.com. You can also find this episode and previous episodes at mytalk1071.com. Keyword red hot.